gas prices are entirely too high because number one, they have, what is that, Klarna at the gas pumps now where you could pay off a tank of gas, a tank of gas? Gas prices, food prices, all, all prices are going up. And you know, there's a lot of discussion that need to be had about who controls pricing on what and what companies are taking advantage of this. Like, you know, I feel like a lot of this stuff is complicated, but it's very easy to look at a quick uh, headline and be like, gas price is high. You know, it is what it is. But I fill my gas tank up today, and you know, it's taking longer and longer to get it done. So <laughs> way longer and longer to get it done. I'm like, oh, come on, man. It's ridiculous now. I'm like, now chicken thighs is almost becoming a delicacy. They was throwing the things away. It was like, here, you can take all of this. Now it's like, yo, what what are we doing here? This is also how I know you're becoming old because you know the price of uh, produce. I finally learned the price that's of old. That's an old, like I knew, I knew we were getting to a certain point. Like I'm like, oh, you know, like when you saw, like when Larry, our father would say stuff like, oh, you know, chicken thighs. And I'm like, why do you know the price of chicken yes. thighs? And now I'm like, oh, because she was buying them. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, what, that's basically what it the is. the price of things now. I'll be like, grapes? What? I bought <laughs> 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 cabbage the other day. Like I always do. It was $1.37. I was like, that went up 20 cents in the last week. Okay, it's, now you are you are getting old. That's I'm becoming Larry. That's what it is. You're becoming, you're becoming your father. It's a full circle moment. It's, I'm bald. I got glasses. You see it. And I'm black and ugly as ever, ever. I stay used to that. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. It's them again. It's them both. From in my humble opinion, we're back with another episode of the best podcast of them all in my humble opinion podcast. I am your host, Avery, like a very nice guy. You can find me at the, that's T-H-E-E underscore A-V-E-R-I on pretty much everything also i'm vince mcbands i'm the guy that means all the houston uh, artists that's my wave okay you see the name vince mcbands it's me me this guy also <laughs> my brother over here my favorite writer of all time who's teaching me how to write i saw some smudges on my glass so i gotta do something but all right you gotta take brother, care of the smudges over here his name is just Devon, ladies and gentlemen, just Devon. That's pretty much it. I write, I write for the, oh, you know what? I'm going to be in the Houstonia a lot more. I write for the Houston Press. Uh, you know, just trying to cover random stuff that happens in the city. I'm That's the best rapper. I'm the best writer, you know, because I'm the only writer, you know, but the you know, only writer I know. name another writer. The What's his name? Lance. When you say what's his, okay. First of all, that was a, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Okay. never mind. Right. Lance is an incredible writer. Also, and, and oh no no no! Shots out to Lance because Lance has an excellent book that is coming out on DJ Screw. It should be dropping in about a month. Uh, it's fantastic. Like it's great. It's great. It really is. So, uh, well, well, we'll be talking to him as well uh, mm -hmm. soon. So yeah, shots out to Lance and Fallon. Shots out to Fallon. She's writing a book of poetry as well. Uh, she'll be coming back on the show too. So yeah, yeah, there, there, there are, there are writers, you know, my okay, brothers, my bad. Yeah. I take, I take One that day back. He's my biggest fan. And I take that back. I take like, that back. Nigga, you don't read. I, I'll be reading. I'm gonna take okay. that back. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you do your thing. <laughs> and you can find us both at my humble o on everything in my humble opinion podcast. If you want to be part of the humble hive, you gotta like share and subscribe. So What'd you do this weekend, Mr. Devine? I worked. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing. I wish I had something big to do, but I was like, it was straight working. Straight, straight working. That's really about it. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything, anything well, eventful well, 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 that happened you, over you the, the last Oh, wait, you know what? I'm sorry. Uh, I did cover, and this was a while ago, but I didn't get a chance to talk about it. Tyler, the creator. Mm has hands down one of the best shows that I've been to. It's an incredible show. Uh, he shut down the Toyota Center. Like you could feel it rocking. Like 
the man just puts on a good show. You've really seen the elevation of him and his music. There's no getting around it. So yeah, there 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 was the title of the creator show. Uh and that was a couple of weeks ago. I also saw Lucky Day. Lucky Day had an incredible show. Uh yeah. watching him grow as an artist has been great. Uh he really packed out the House of Blues. Like there's one thing to say when you go to a venue, and you know, for this I gotta cover concerts. It's one thing to be like, hey, the place is sold out. It's another thing when the place is like really sold out. Like, I'm not saying they don't, they, but I'm like, when it's packed, like, I'm like, nah, we can lie. barely, Maybe we lie. can barely move mm-hmm. in here. Like, it was packed. Lucky Day uh, brought the house out. He brought out guests. Uh, he put on a great show. So, yeah, yeah. Shouts out to Lucky Day. Did you, did you get a chance to watch some, some shows on the TV? Did you do that, brother? Oh, you know, of course. I'm a big fan of uh, uh, I'm a big fan of a lot of the shows that are out now. Atlanta, of course. Atlanta uh, was great. Uh, Gerard Carmichael had an insanely good special. Like, I not, I don't want to reveal anything about the special, although I know everybody's been looking on Twitter and they're like, oh, that's the special about whatever you feel like the special is about as you read about it. It's not that. It's it's not just that the man told the story from start to finish and it was just one story well, and that was the whole joke and i have not seen anything like that since i don't know cosby he was sitting in a chair just telling a story, and it's a very captivating story and it was good so yeah i mean i know you you know people don't shout out cosby anymore uh for obvious reasons but you know it is what it is it is what it is. It was a compelling special. I enjoyed it. Oh, and of course, my favorite show uh, uh, that's out right now, which of course, Abbott Elementary. Abbott Elementary. That's my show. That's what you do sometimes. Yeah, you, you, you take the time out. We sit in front of the tube. We watch some things. Entertainment is great when it comes to movies, when it comes to TV. And of course, we all just zone out and watch TV and movies from dramas to comedies to action flicks rom-coms or our next guest has had a hand in it all getting his start in the business on tv shows like uh moesha is gay uh also the shield is tavon i boy that was my favorite show for a while i got some questions me and my brother talk about it constantly uh also uh to a, a hard-hearted star player in mr 3000 as t-rex i hated you in that movie and also so sylvester and stomp the yard and some of Tyler Perry's best pieces of work, like I Can Do Bad All By Myself. These are some of my particular favorite performances, but a drop in the bucket of what he's done. But all that aside, he's come in to join the Humble Hive in order to tell us about Preneur, the app for entrepreneurs that removes the middleman and lets you get to your clients directly. They can book your services, you can sell goods through Premier, and you can also get paid through the app as well. But he can tell you better than I can. He's a proud Black man, a husband, director, entrepreneur, actor, member of Beta Theta Pi, and his hair always looks like he's on the wall of the barbershop because that hairline is crispier than <laughs> from Popeyes. Look at it. All right. <laughs> Starring... And ambitions right now, one of my favorite actors, Brian J. White. Lady. Hello, hello, hello. How are yes. you? <laughs> introductions from my, my hairline. Yes, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking two-thirds. That's my barber. <laughs> I was about to say, two-thirds of, his, two-thirds of his podcast cannot uh, brag about their hairline so mm-hmm. you know that you know you're, you're the guy right now you know what i'm saying you're the guy you're the guy and you haven't aged not at all no not oh, at all thank you for that my wife may, my wife has me eating well that's good that's good <laughs> i working out with her every day you know the couple that uh that works out together stays healthy together gets to be together a long time now we, we we do have to get a couple of things out the way and he he mentioned it very early on uh my brother is the biggest Shield fan oh. ever. Uh, I mean, it, it starts, and I, look, I was a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the Shield, 
But my I brother as well, I like to watch the show. I don't ever watch anything I'm in, and I actually caught all those episodes. I actually didn't watch most of my scenes, but like that was a show that every week when it was coming on, I wanted to see it. It was very exciting. Really, really. Yeah, I don't I watch mean, anything. I don't watch anything. I hate watching the stuff I'm in, but I, you know, I, I do confess that I watched The Shield because I really thought uh, Michael Chiklis was just so compelling <clears throat> as to to work with and to watch and Walton Goggins and uh you know that that was the framework to build on everything else of course Glenn Close and Forrest Whitaker and everybody else that came in but uh Michael and and, and Walton were just uh it was like doing a play um I've never done anything that was more well acted than that I've never seen anything that was more well you know there's levels to everything but there's nothing better than the excellence that was brought on that set every day I mean evil Anthony Anderson Anthony Anderson, bro. Anthony came with that's that's literally what I would say if you would go back through Anthony Anderson's career. Um between that and that was probably what helped him do the departed. Mm -hmm. But between uh -huh. those those that those two roles are what transformed his career to let people know that he was a real deal and that he still, you know had his, his comedy chops that everybody loves him for, but that he could do more so that he could transfer seamlessly from uh, his his comedy to now his his drama series as a cop because of those two roles. And, uh, you know, 20 years later, but uh, that Anthony really brought the noise on that show. I just have one question though. All right, yes. because my brother knows where I'm going with this one. Yes, I do. <laughs> All right, so number one, well, just to say this, Oh man, I was so mad when you got hit upside the head with the uh, with, with the iron. But Mara, Mara, I know, I know, I hated her. But how was it acting with Walton Goggins and not slapping him in the face? Because I love him, but he'd be on the line. He'd be on the line with these roles with that racism. I'd be like, <laughs> Walton Goggins is a superior actor because I have seen him. No, no, no. I have seen him in shows where I'm literally like. You're not acting. I, I hate you as a person. And exactly. then I turned around and seen him in something else. And I'm like, you're the funniest person on the face of the earth. So he is an incredible, like he makes you believe. No, no, he no. Y'all were making people believe on that show. Yeah. He's beyond because he's, he's, he and his writing partner, Ray McKinnon, his producing partner, he won an Oscar with that guy um, uh, for his short and then for his feature. But Walt is, you know, he's salt of the earth. He's one of the nicest, uh, most pure hearted people. Uh, uh, souls, let alone actors that I've ever met. And the thing is that he's from the area where where that uh, that perspective that he plays a lot is is very prevalent. But he couldn't be further. You know, I you know I would expect you go into his house. I've always met him out when I meet him, but I expect you know a Confederate flag. But that's not what you get. When you get <laughs> and um, you know you you get the rainbow flag. He is just every man. He's the sweetest person ever. But he sinks into these characters to the root of where he is from, and even between lines. Um, he's just in character, kind of like his method and these evil words are coming out and everything. And then every time they yell cut, he's hugging you just to let you know, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But it's just so pure in the moment, whatever is supposed to be in that character just seeps out of his pores. And he is just one of the most fantastic, amazing actors I've ever been around. I learned so much uh, from him about how to go in and out of character because after after cut, he never holds on to any of this nastiness. And he's like, hey, let's go grab some lunch. And, uh, you know, um, talk about our family. So I just really respect uh, uh, everything I learned from him. He was wonderful. So he's not like the method actor style. I wonder like, like, you know, you see now they have these things where they're talking about, you, you hear people talking about method actors now all the time where it's like they were in character the whole time. And some people are like, nah, he's man, better than that. that. He's better than a method actor, meaning he gets as deep, if not deeper than, you know, some of our best method guys like a uh, God rest their souls, uh, Heath or, or Phil, who uh, Seymour Hoffman, who just, you know, they, they stayed in those roles. Uh, but Walton gets to those depths, but then he can turn it off. Uh, mm -hmm. Like a Dustin, like a Dustin Hoffman, you know, who always, uh, I think he's famous for uh, quoted for saying, uh, you know, try acting to a young actor that was like about the process. And Dustin is always able to snap in and out of it. Uh, that's Walt. And uh, it, like example, our fight scene, that big fight scene and everything at the house after the iron incident was one take. That was it. That's all we needed. He's like, let's do it. And I never have to do it again. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try to get to your level where it's, you just pour it all out in one. And there it was. And that, that was a serious fight scene. Uh, everybody should go back and watch The Shield. My brother and I argue about The Shield and uh, Against the Wire. And we go oh. back and forth all the time about The Shield Against the Wire. I am a Wire fan. He is a Shield fan. We will argue for that. But we like both shows. Like, I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm watching The Shield when it comes on. There, there's no getting around. Twice a year. Just 
pretty yeah. good. It's it's deep, and I mean, you know, the the fact that that Chickless and and Walton are the two protagonists on that show and still held your attention at least fifty percent, that speaks to how amazing that show was. Because The Wire is, you know, about us, and uh, it's much easier to identify with the leads on the wire even for me watching it with with uh, michael he became the first anti-hero i ever saw that didn't look like me that i identified with or wanted to root for in some weird way in, inside me and I, I really just you know i learned something about acting then because of uh you know again michael was in and out of character like that where he was vic Mackey and then he was michael chickless who again like walton goggin goggins is, is an angel man and uh yeah, man, that's that's part of my thirst. That was my first real job in L.A. And part of my real thirst for wanting to be an actor and keep doing this was being around them. So uh, I just really am humbled by them and that that project. And then it was a great memory. But that was your first. I was about to say, that was your first real job in L.A. too? Uh, no, my first real job was Moesha. I got the yeah. shield directly af- off Moesha. Ah, Okay. So I came I came to LA. I had done the best man and played professional football. The reason I had done the best man is because I was playing a football player in the best man. My football agent used to be uh, Lee Steinberg, Steinberg Morad. And uh, he had a lot of uh, films like Jerry Maguire based on him. And uh, one time my agent at his office called and said, hey, there's an opportunity for you to play yourself in a movie uh, with Morris Chestnut and Terrence Howard. These guys, I was like, I'm a fan. Let's go do it. So I was in New York and I cried in a scene and they put me in 10 more scenes. And uh, so I was a featured extra, came out to LA and ended up on a sitcom that same week. And that sitcom was Moesha and it turned into The Shield in about a month. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and then I started doing plays to try to learn how it all uh, actually worked. And uh, here we are 20 odd years later. So you kind of, re- you reverse engineered your acting career. Like, yes. like I had a dance background. So a theater background, but never on, on camera in Boston wasn't realistic. We had Avery Brooks and Spencer for hire to look at in the streets sometimes in Boston, but I didn't think um, it was really possible uh, for for a guy like me to to get out to LA and, and, and easily get in. And I was, you know, headed to Dartmouth College and worried about other things. Maybe I'll be a professional athlete. Maybe I'll be a stockbroker. Maybe I'll start a bank. I don't need to chase these things. And, and I didn't fall in love with it until much later in life. So I'm glad because I had a lot more life experience before I started tracing this. Uh, it's much harder to, pers- uh, to obtain dream of entertainment. Now, the other thing, too, is, I mean, we're, we're a Houston-based podcast, and we were talking about you earlier, or talking to you earlier. You have ties to Houston. Uh, tell us about how, how you were in the city. Yeah, yeah. A uh, buddy from Dartmouth, Jim Edgeworth, is a, is a, a developer. He owns a, owned a place called, uh, owns a place called Woodway Square Apartments over there on San Felipe. I lived there uh, for almost a year uh, when I was coming back and forth to work out. Uh, when I was still chasing my NFL dreams and uh, used to work out uh, with a man named K.A. Gill at the uh, Earl Campbell Sports Center out there and uh, love Houston, love Houston. That hot weather was good for me. And the other thing, too, is like you you started out chasing the dreams of professional athlete and you switched it over into acting, uh, theater, we're talking arts, but your careers have been based in entertainment. Uh, and today we're talking to you about and app because you have the experience in the entertainment world uh your you've created an app or you're working with an app here where you're trying to help a lot of entertainers gain more control over their careers which is what we're seeing kind of across the board you're seeing a lot of new people like i need to be able to control everything i do whether it's athletes whether it's actors whether it's TikTok stars instagram people you are seeing people say nah i need to have a lot more control so tell us about your app uh well it speaks to exactly what you just said you said the goal is control and the one thing that nobody focuses on controlling is the connection nobody owns their connection okay we're piggybacking on a third party's connection because they've aggregated the eyeballs for us it was too easy uh, and like you said, you 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 ended by saying that the requirement for people watching us right now is to like, share, and subscribe. And they're liking, they're sharing something, and they're subscribing to something that we don't own. We're we're renting the space here, so they're not our eyeballs. So if we want to market to them, there's going to be somebody taking a piece of that <clears throat> away from us to do that. And so, uh, preneur is the first tool that allows the entrepreneur to engage, grow, and monetize their audience that they own, the connection that they own. Um, and what does that mean? 
Okay, so text has a 98% open rate. What does that mean? If we all look at our phones right now, we don't have any unread texts unless we got them while we were watching this broadcast. We hmm. always look at our phones, swipe, see if we have texts and clear and make sure we get back to them right away. You don't want to leave somebody with that wheel spinning. Okay. Email, in contrast, has an 80% unopen rate. Eight out of 10 emails isn't opened. You just save them and keep pushing them down unless it's from somebody that's paying you or that you know is going to pay. Sure. That's not how we like to do business. Uh, even worse than that is social media. Less than two out of every 10 messages that somebody DMs somebody on Facebook Messenger, unless they've turned their messenger on, do they see? And then with posts on Instagram, there's a 2% read rate. So I have a million followers. If I post something and really promote it, maybe 20,000 of them will see it. I'd be better off served literally going to the mall and, and just walking through and handing out cards if I wanted to do that or wear a t-shirt that promotes. They'd look at me and walk through the mall and see 20,000 people, <clears throat> given the volume of people that I have. So what Preneur is, is a tool that lets you, again, engage, grow, and monetize your audience with a cell phone number, with a digital text number. And that text number gives you a, a landing page, which is in essence a microsite, a website, which is usually a tool people are out there paying for. Lots of people have beautiful websites, but you're renting that from Dogpile or whatever the server is. And people come in and they buy your products and everything and give you very little information, not the, not the key information, not usually their cell phone first and last name. That's what you want. Because hmm. that's how people like to be sold to. That's how you talk with everybody. If you meet somebody on LinkedIn, you say, hey, let's trade information so we can talk offline if we're going to do business together. You usually don't transact inside social media. And if you do, it's very fragmented. You're making only a, a fragment of your potential earnings if you're outside of social media. So with our digital text number, I'll give out mine as an example. My number is 424-352-8505. That's my actual digital line. It's, it's linked to every single one of my social media. If anybody texts me right now, your first name, your last name, the word hello to 424-352-8505. The AI, the artificial intelligence inside my preneur app will recognize that our phones aren't connected and it will text you back my phone book open so you can create your own page in it. And then it will show you all of my wares, every movie that I'm talking about, you know, that I haven't had to mention, uh, my other tech companies, I have a streaming network, my clothing line, uh, you can even hire me to be your acting coach, all right there in preneur directly through text. And it interfaces with my schedule. So let's say you wanted to hire me to be your acting coach right now. It would show you my calendar or it will show you my calendar. You can pick the open date. It'll even let you pay me for the service, put the money in my bank account, and then send you a Zoom link so I can show up with you and we can do that work. So that's what Preneur is. It allows you to do everything. To try it for yourself, text me, 424-352-8505. And I'm sending out free downloads. The service is free. We want you to experience it. We want to engage the community. We want to get you earning more, engaging more, growing more, and monetizing more, whatever it is you're selling. And this is for the small business. This is to help you grow your audience. You don't need to have a marketplace already. This is the thing that will help you aggregate your social media and then turn them into customers. Now, the thing about that, too, is what, what separates you guys from other uh, social media aspects? Like TikTok is the biggest one that's growing right now. So what... and First off, I, it'll be two questions. What is the separation between you and a site like a TikTok? Is this necessarily a social media app or is this more of a connection app? This is a, a digital text line that you own. So we're in the business of you giving you a tool. This is not our tool. You're not renting our network. Oh. Um, so my number, 424-352-8505, is my, my digital line forever. I've only ever had one cell phone. I've had it since I had a cell phone, you know, 16, 18, but portability came in and I've kept it. I've had different carriers, but I've only ever had one number. So if you knew me in high school and you call my number, I still answer. That's the way Preneur works. When you take this number, you'll always have it. <clears throat> Example, my daughter's eight years old. She has her own business. She makes hair care products. Everything that goes in her hair, she owns. Uh, she makes bonnets. So uh, we're now just opened her store. So instead of going out and, and paying thousand dollars for an amazing web designer to build a big splash page i downloaded the preneur app for her for free built a micro site for her um and then we'll launch it uh, next month with all of her new pictures that her mom took of all of her products and everything and start aggregating her her content her buyers you know she has about 100 people that buy from her regularly from us directly we'll do the, that those transactions inside the app 
for her from now on and grow the business that way. She can't have a social media site. She's eight. When she's 13, we're hoping to hand her 100,000 contacts, 100,000 paying customers in her phone and say, no, baby, don't ever have a social media. Here, post this link and handle your business. You're a businesswoman. You don't need to be posting pictures to get people worried about what you're looking like to try to sell them hair care products. You mm. just need to know you're a hair care product maker and where your store is at. And then you can engage them with whatever what else they want about, you know, you want about the world and, and grow from there. But that's the tool we're trying to give out for free. That's how people uh, engage. When I want to hire my barber, I text him and set an appointment. So I gave my barberpreneur, he put the page up, changed out his links on social media. And I'll tell you what I mean by that in a minute. And he got a $27,000 booking because some of the pictures on his Instagram page were of celebrities. So the person started texting him from Argentina saying, I didn't realize you're a celebrity barber. Can I fly you in? I'm a, I'm a rock star over here and I like your work. The next day, he got a $27,000 check, and it was wired to him through Preneur, went directly into his bank account before he got on the plane, and that was 24 hours after downloading Preneur. He was able to elevate his game like that. That's the kind of tool we're giving people. So when you talk about changing, like you said, you're going to explain that later when you're like, he went through and changed all the social media sites. What do you mean by that? Here's what I mean. On, our, on social media, they make it really hard to promote anything else but your pictures. Okay, so on Instagram, there's only one link on that entire page that you can connect to something you own, and that's your bio link. Most people connect it to their website. Example, Rihanna, she sells music, but on Instagram, she pushes all her traffic to Fenty. So she chooses beauty. She doesn't sell music anymore on Instagram. She can only pick it either or. If she had a preneur, she'd be able to market all of it because she'd have, she'd give people her phone number. People would text her and tell her what they're interested in. Hey, Rihanna, I'm glad to be connected with you forever. I have your text number. Now I want to know about Fenty. I want to know about your new single. I want to know, I want you to send me a new picture. I want whatever they want, but everybody wants a different thing. So Instagram makes you pick or choose. Twitter makes you pick or choose. So you change that bio link to Preneur AI. In my case, it's slash Brian White. It will be in your name or your business name, in your number that you own, and people connect with that. They also will see your Instagram page, your Twitter page once they go through that gateway, but the connection is a portal you own. The data is now owned by you and you can monetize that as you wish. That is essentially the service that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are providing for us right now. And then they make all the money that goes in between. That's, that's why they're such big companies. That data is so valuable and you should own it for yourself. Preneur does not want it. We're not trying to own your data. We are trying to empower you and connect this community because then we can pass a dollar around 15 times from hand to hand to hand inside that community and build generational wealth rather than seeing an interesting button because the algorithm and Twitter said, hey, click this, or Facebook said, hey, click this. They pull you outside your circle and make you give your money away. And it never comes back. You don't make any wealth. Now, so, what got you on this journey in the tech sphere? Uh, well, I went to Dartmouth and, and the, bigger, the bigger apps were uh, developed and designed while I was in school. So I was a guinea pig and part of it. And um, the biggest thing was once I stepped into entertainment, I started seeing how much I was used as a marketing vessel. <clears throat> like I, I've had takeovers for almost every network's page where they sign you in to be the face of their page and you peel off you know, thousands, even tens of thousands of followers. And that would be great if they were my followers, but I, they don't translate into me being able to then sell my sneaker line or my suits or whatever to those people because they just flowed through because they were a fan of Fox. And I did a Fox movie and now I have a few more followers. But if I had had this tool and I started collecting all the followers, the people that were interested in me because I was a football player, the people that were interested in me because I was a stockbroker, the people that were interested in me because of whatever the movie was, one at a time, but I own those relationships, I would have hundreds of followers from what I've done all of my life in my phone that I'd be able to market whatever I want to do, sell books to, or, or have conversations with. And aggregating eyeballs became the focus of everything. That's, that's literally what any of us are doing. It doesn't matter if you're giving Tony Robbins speeches or are you guys doing your podcast or me trying to sell movies or Tyler Perry trying to sell movies or, or politicians trying to give speeches. Everything's about ratings, which means whoever has the eyeballs wins and everybody should have their own eyeballs. Um, is what we want so that we can share them with each other. That's how wealth is built. And, and social media is a wealth stealer. It's not a wealth builder. Mm -hmm. So Preneur is a wealth builder. I'm giving it away for free uh, because connecting everybody to me uh, and giving them a tool that helps them will eventually help me. I'll be able to send my money out, pass it around, and it will come back. It will find its way back to me. That's how wealth works. 
So take my cell phone number 424-352-8505 and pretty please uh, text me any word, any an emoji, doesn't matter what you text me, 424-352-8505, but I will send you a free Preneur app download. Um, I will connect with you. I'll help you in any way I can. And just by connecting with me, you will help me. Oh, uh, what was that number again? I didn't catch it. Four two four. I'm playing. We got it. I did want to say something about your Bill Cosby comment. We were you were saying that Bill. I was saying that mentioning this to somebody else the other day. It's interesting, and you know I don't know what it means, but I, I know that you can still see Seventh Heaven. Oh, whatever look, that, look. Whatever that's worth. But one of the one of the things about that is there's other shows you can see if you like Seventh Heaven and what it means. There's not a lot of things I can point to that would have the same effect on me. I grew up on the Cosby show and, and sound off, sound on Bill Cosby is his name or Bill Cosby isn't his name, the picture of that family and who those two parents were. The reason it's erased is because what they, what they uh, represented. No, 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 a, that's a, a, that's a, a lawyer and a doctor, not, not, we've had athletes, we've had singers, we've had comedians, we've had, you know, uh, film and TV stars that do very well in, the, in these, in lots of other shows, you know, all the great ones but we've yeah. never had doctors and lawyers that still made it home to sit down for dinner and still made it to church and all this stuff. And that's the you know the only show that I can really, really point to that hammers that home. And to pull that away lowers the ceiling for, yeah. a, lot of, yeah. for a lot of kids. And that's what that, I think that's really about more than anything else, which is why I still begrudgingly want to, you know, let my daughter see it. I don't really care about the other stuff. I want her to see the example that that's a, as a family so she can see it. You know, oh, no, I'm with you on that because my whole thing about that is and and we can use that example, but we can also use the example of, I mean, current events, what's going on with Will Smith right now. There are responses to certain individuals, us, that seem a little bit over the top when it comes down to it. So when it comes down to it, it's like, you're right, you can still see Seventh Heaven. Uh, you can still listen to the music of Elvis. You can still watch uh these well, John I, I Lane, did, Jerry Lee Lewis everything I, I, saying, you know, and I you and know, I love the <laughs> the responses when you saw people where it was like like you're watching the Will Smith thing and it's this is the worst thing to ever happen to the Oscars and people immediately stitched it with videos of no there are far greater worse things that have happened Roman Polanski got a standing ovation and then Harrison Ford flew over to grant him the award. And it's like, okay, look, there are, I, and I totally understand people saying, yo, I have difficulty separating uh, art from the person. I get that. My thing is we're treating these things the same across the board. I like the Cosby show. I still, I still, I, I watched the Cosby show a couple of years ago. It is a fantastic show. However you feel about Bill Cosby, it's one of those things where the same response that should have been given to Seventh Heaven is the same to me. Because it's like the Seventh Heaven guy just went away. It's like this wasn't an effect on the show Seventh right. Heaven. We took That's it off it. the air for like a season and then we were like, all right, we brought it back because he's going, he's going away. That, yeah. that, that's fine. He's going away. But this was still a good show. And so that's the thing where it's like this, where it's like, okay, well, now I can't watch anything that Bill Cosby was associated with. Well, here's a, here's the interesting twist on that. You know, just as a, you know, any, any fan of history, when you start thinking about it, you can look up every speech that Hitler ever made on YouTube. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's considered something for you to study. So how would an episode of the Cosby show be any different? Because, you know, Hitler is a way worse criminal. Exactly. So, you know, what, what are we comparing? You want to compare apples and oranges there? You know, if we can see Hitler's speeches, every single individual one, you can quote them in movies, then you should be able to see the Cosby show in Seventh Heaven and anything else. And R. Kelly's songs. It doesn't matter what the charge is. It, you know, Jerry Lee Lewis did some stuff. Elvis did some stuff. Bill did some stuff. They, you might love all of their music or none of their music. We should still be able to find it and hear it. Yes. You should have the choice, the option, instead of taking it away and being like, this is bad. The powers that be don't like what happened, so you can't even enjoy it. Yeah, no. the art essentially isn't, you know, in and of itself isn't bad. You know, you're just saying that the person might be bad, and that's that's a completely separate conversation. And that yeah. also goes to like our kind of our cult of celebrity, where it's like, well, I have, you know, everything associated with this person is like, no, this person was part of 
And I really like to put, like, we were talking about this with Bill Cosby because I said that Bill Cosby comedy special was masterful. It, it, I mean, it just was. But when we're talking about things like the Cosby show. But the thing is, when you're talking about things like the Cosby show, that is not a Bill Cosby only vehicle. This was a piece of art that was created by a team of people led by Cosby. But I'm like, I'm still like, yo, like uh, uh, Felicia Richard was masterful. You know, I mean, it's like you're looking at, you know, uh, uh, Malcolm Jamar Warner. Warner. You're looking at like when are you going to get to see a family that looks like that sing Harry Belafonte on their staircase? Those moments, you know, that they closed out the show with every week where you're just like, okay. You know, it's not always going to be perfect. They don't represent it always as perfect, but you know that's what it can look like when it's damn good and it's worth you know wanting. And um, you know that's a that's a big thing in today's world where you know a lot of people are looking at marriage and family like it might be a you know a secondary option. And, uh, and that's why I, hey, we're not allowed to see it as much as we need to. And I always juxtapose it against because the 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 show as the Cosby Show is nearing its end that picks up huge steam on the kind of the back of the cop show is. Roseanne. Yep. Roseanne still runs. They just took her off the show. Like once Roseanne started acting up, they were like, cool, we're going to take you off the show. Show the keeps cops. going. You are not this show. This show is something you are the creator. You were the beginning. But now this show is something that is beyond you. You know what I'm saying? So now it's like Dan, Roseanne, the family, like all this stuff. We're not throwing all this away because you have your issues or whatever. So yeah. that's my thing where I'm like, I, I would like that same kind of grace. I'm not saying apply to the person, but a lot of times the art they create is necessary. And look, if you are somebody that is involved where you're like, look, I'm a, a, a victim of sexual violence or domestic abuse or something like that. I can't, I can't do it. I completely understand. Like, I completely understand. You're like, that. that is your thing. But it is disingenuous to me when you have, like, companies that are like, yeah, this is why we can't do it. I'm like, you <laughs> you have another show that you're doing the same thing on, and you're cool with that. So that that's my biggest thing with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're on our soapbox. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> look, I guess the other thing, too, is you're getting more control. Like, back when we're talking about things like Preneur, where you're putting more control into- uh, uh, well, there's, there's an example, you can't be deplatformed on Preneur. So ah, that, let's, that's let's what say, I was gonna, that's say, literally what I was for about better to or worse, For better or worse, I'm, yeah. I'm for, you know, I, I don't agree with, you know, a lot of what Donald Trump said, I think he should be able to say it. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, I, I like a free media, it keeps everybody honest, you know, even the crazy opinions. You know, because yeah. if, if there's enough counting, countering opinions, then that one will be drowned out. And that's what we're hoping for, that, that the majority of people have some common sense. But you need to be able to hear from everybody to get to that level. You know, nobody rises to the level where they get multiple votes. And so Preneur is about leveling the playing field. As tech gets more elevated, and these tech companies specifically get more and more elevated, there's more control. I mean, you still can't freely post on Instagram or Facebook. No. Stuff that's true now are proven about, you know, COVID. Like Fauci says, natural immunity is as good, if not better, than the shot now. I'm vaccinated. But, you know, before I was vaccinated, I was posting some questions. They were all blocked. You weren't allowed to have a conversation or even ask for information. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's a Facebook taking a wrongful, which most of the stuff that they did was proven erroneous, that they, they weren't correct uh, by blocking this, this, this content. You know, they control the conversation. And that's not what should be happening. You're using a conversation tool that's limiting your your ability to have a conversation. What sense does that make? And they own the data that you're posting on top of that. I, you know, I'm not really into, I enjoy sharing with social media, but it's about broadcasting. It's not about sharing. I don't ever, you know, make actual money, <clears throat> you know, what I call money on, on social media. I, I broadcast and let people in a very broad way know what I'm up to. Uh, if I want to do something more specific, I text, you know, I get off of social media, I get off that broadcast and I talk to people like we're talking, you know, two to one, you know, you never really do it more than that. Maybe you do it in front of an audience and you can do both on Preneur. Now, even with Preneur though, is there ever a concern about, like my initial thought is like, we're a small podcast. You have a million followers. When you give your number out, uh, you could get flooded 
with a lot of responses. How does the app or or this system handle that level of information? It's cool if it's like two people, but some people might be like, yo, I got like 48 messages in my phone now. Here's an, here's an example. You could be using this to engage our audience right now live in text, and they could be asking me questions through Preneur, if everybody had a Preneur app, directly on the screen to you and to me that we could respond to in real time, either verbally or or materially. We could put up a link. Uh, I could have my QR code right here in this shirt that I'm wearing. You could scan it or tap it and it can go into your cart and I could sell it to you. And the money could be transferred from your account to my account through the Preneur app and go directly into my bank. Uh, your sponsors could decide that, hey, we wanna offer 50% uh, off whatever our product is. And we could read a card right now. I could say, hey, uh, their sponsors are Chevy. They're gonna give you 10% off a car. Text Chevy to the show's number and I read your show's you know, number right now to receive that coupon. Literally, people text your show, connect with your show because they want that Chevy coupon. You've got new followers for your show, new subscribers. And those are not people that follow your page or subscribe to a YouTube page. There are people that put their cell phone numbers in your cell phone and ah. are telling you their first and last name and why they're connecting with you. That's how this, they're the basis of starting. Hey, I, I listen to your show every week. I, I would like that Chevy coupon. Nice to meet you. Okay, okay. So the thing- And then you know, hey, this, this is Jim in Houston that follows the show. He's been a fan of the show for 10 years. He likes Chevys. And as you start to engage with him more, your phone learns more and your sponsors learn more and they can pay you more to be more specific to Jim rather than spamming him with a commercial on your show. You'll know only text Jim about Chevy's. Ah, okay, okay. And that's oh. you personally will know that. I won't know that, you know, you're, you're the, the, the distributor for your station on that because you'll eventually be able to be your own distributor and then just have your show like a podcast inside your phone with the people that follow you and, and not share any of that money. So if this is a little bit more active as opposed to you're, you're, you're more actively sharing your number than I would say passively following somebody like on an Instagram or something like, oh, yeah, I'll follow that because I saw it and da 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 and move on. Example, ways that you can share your number. You get this QR code. It comes free inside the app, right? So I've changed out all the avatars on my social media to this QR code. If you scan it, you will instantly open my page and be asked to enter your information into my phone so that we can text. It will then ask you why you're following me so that I can start selecting more specifically what to share with you. Then I'll know your area code. So let's say you give me your Houston area code. I'm doing a play this summer. It's coming to Houston. So a few weeks before I come to Houston, my phone will say, hey, I want to text everybody in Houston, send them a coupon for this play and an ad so that they can see it if they're interested. And then I'll follow up and remind them, hey, I just touched down in town, hosting a party in your city tonight. I've, I've left you a comp ticket at the door and two drink tickets. I hope I see you. And I can reward my friends that are in each city as I come through. And so can everybody else in the play. And so the way that Preneur works, and that's all done by AI, and you can preset it so that all these things happen as you grow your phone book to help you engage with your followers, to grow your followers and monetize your followers. And there's lots of applications for your show. Um, but you would use it to give out your number to engage with your fans during the broadcast more so that people could, you could take polls and your phones would handle the work while you're just talking. Um, you could uh, give out code words that could be texted to your phone to send out different ads or coupons or commercials to different fans that get you paid by the, the sponsoring ad companies. So there's lots of ways that Purdue can help. Uh, businesses add more to their bottom bottom line, be more efficient and grow their fan base. Now, I guess then uh, why, and you, you talked about your daughter uh, and she has a preneur app and, and building out that business. Uh, and really it sounds like you're, you're heavy into the business of uh, self-reliance and growing these things out. Um, why is it so important to you building out an app like Preneur and this focus on taking back control in terms of handling your career? My dad is a Hall of Fame basketball player in the NBA. And one of the things that I watched, he was the first, uh, he's the lead character, uh, lead basketball player in Glory Road. And that story was about an era when there were, you know, it was one black player on every team. He was the one in, in Kansas and the one uh, majority black team was Texas Western. So that was a story about how we weren't able to work together. Okay, they made one of us play on each team. 
So my dad entered the NBA as the number one draft pick overall by the Celtics in 69 after the 68 Black Club Olympics, where Red Arback, his coach, the founder of the Celtics that drafted him, told him, don't you stand on that podium and put your hand up because we got to build you a network and some credibility with a, as being a Boston Celtic. You got to win the team some rings and then we can build your Jojo White Growth League that you told me about that I told your father I'd help you build one day because I got to make you Jojo White to everybody else before you're this guy from St. Louis that, that wants to be somebody. And that turned into today, me with this tech company trying to empower people. My sister is the CRO of the Minnesota Twins and having fulfilled some of those prophecies, getting access to things that my dad is the youngest of nine kids to a St. Louis preacher, didn't have access to before he was a Boston Celtic. And um, a lot of that is is the network and and owning that connection. And um, <clears throat> And so, you know, that's, uh, getting from there to here, um, from being that, that kid, seeing my dad coveting that access, um, building it up over life and then handing it to me and saying, son, do something with this, this platform that you've been given more than sports, greater than sports made me want to, um, create a tool that, that, that built community. Um, cause that, like I said, at the end of the day, the way wealth uh, is past is by working together. And I guess what, at the essence of what I want to say in 1969, when my dad came in, the league was a jazz league. Mm. And what I call, my dad mentioned that he always thought it was jazz. He was suited and booted. And jazz means that you want to harmonize. Everybody picks a different instrument. You figure out what you're good at. I'm good at drums. You're good at trumpet. You're good at keys. We don't want to play the same thing. Now let's harmonize. And so you had an era of teams where it was about team ball. Uh, that's what I love about Boston sports. If you notice, even every year, Tom Brady gave back money best quarterback ever, but every year he gave back money. Why? To get a better team around him. And that's how the Boston Celtics play. That's how the Boston Bruins play. That's how the Boston Red Sox have played. You know, that's why they big poppy and everybody went to go get Tom Brady back. They came together. Um, in 1984, I had bought a, a bunch of fat farm suits and, um, and I bought 10 of them. And in 1983, and in 1984, uh, Alan Iverson said that the NBA uh, dress code was racist. And um, it was all like a Russell Simmons right there behind him. And it was a, a whole Def Jam hip hop thing. And my yeah. dad said, well, hip hop's only one person on the mic at a time, son. It's, it's not jazz anymore. And that always stuck with me. And, and I wanted to bring jazz back because um, everybody can grab the mic and be by themselves. Um, but that doesn't grow anybody except for the, you know, the one person. You get the one CEO of the company. You get the one Jeff Bezos, the one Elon Musk, and everybody below them is much, 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 much farther below them. And uh, that wasn't what the original teams that I saw my dad doing. You know, all 12 athletes on the team were doing pretty well. Now you still, you got one LeBron and you got everybody else. And, um, you know, that's not the goal in the, in the business world. You know, the, the middle class, which is now almost like a dirty word, everybody was doing pretty well. <laughs> you know, when you watch episodes of the Brady Bunch, you're like, their life's not bad. They got six kids and uh, uh, they're, you know, they're not high up on the totem pole, but their life was good. The standard was higher back then because everybody was, you know, living one dream. How do you, how do you, you, you fulfill the American dream? You sell to other Americans. That's kind of like what we got to get back to, but we don't own that, uh, that network. So the grand scheme of things, I'm trying to reconnect the community um, and, and be like my dad's uh, father, a traveling pastor and realize that we can't elevate unless we do it together. Um, and uh, this tool, Preneur, can get us together in a way that everybody owns their individual connection, but we're all connected. So I'm, I'm here because I'm hoping people will connect with me, take my cell 424-352-8505 and text me so I can give you this gift uh, of community and a way to engage, grow and monetize your audience through text. Now, do you plan on staying, you know, I, the, the person I'm thinking of right now is, uh, since we're in Houston, uh, Chameleon Air, uh, the big story about him is like, he's a rapper, uh, hit rapper selling a lot, of, a lot of records goes to silicon valley and then sees that it's like oh y'all y'all are making way more money than i am doing like like y'all are like I'm, I'm over here fighting to get my money from record companies i'm over here fighting to get money that i'm owed and yeah, so he invests in some you know small companies like uber <laughs> like like things that are just on the edge and then he's like well the, you know i don't think he's ever said there's no need for me to rap anymore but we ain't seen him really out here try we saw him at uh uh the rodeo but he's not like yo i need to drop an album right now 
are you planning on moving heavier into the tech space and moving away from entertainment as a means to help other people get this? Or is this just a, I just want to show you all this and let's all get this together. I think it's a necessity for both. And here's the reason why. Um, I've always produced and I've always written content in you know, my entire career. When I started, I came with scripts under my arm and started trying to make them. Then we raised $150 million. Sorry, my dog moved around several years ago and uh, couldn't get anything made because of how distribution actually works in the theatrical level. There's only so many distributors and it's like an old boys club. It's the same exact reason why there's so few NFL owners of color. It's a network and you have to be approved by every other owner to own a team. So it's very hard to get into that fraternity. That's where streaming came in. Streaming has different rules. They don't really pay residuals. So anything that you make that goes to theaters uh, can pay you upwards of six figures, seven figures on residuals over the lifetime of the deal, depending on how popular the, the, the content is. You make something that's incredibly popular for Netflix or Amazon, you're capped out at six figures, low six figures, top end unless they're giving you a multiple picture deal where you can get that hundred million dollars for giving them the rest of your career. Hmm. And um, you could make that. And in contrast to do theatrical movies, somebody like Sam Jackson, and this isn't speaking about somebody's business. He's at the top of the food chain, makes $2 million a week and always has. That's a hundred million dollars a year hmm. for his entire career to act. So that's what you should get. If you're like a Sam Jackson level actor, does it, do most people get that? No. Does Tom Cruise get that? No. You know, very few people get that. So most people that are entering the market now are working for the Amazon or Netflix. So they get $150,000 to do their movie and, and they own none of it. They get no residuals and they become slowly trickle famous. You know, they don't get pushed around the world like they used to on these big movie tours. And um, if I make an independent film for $100,000 and toured across the United States myself, making $100,000 a stop and I do 20 cities, I make $2 million and, and you know, I've made more than I would make for 10 Netflix movies. Mm -hmm. um, so the economics of working for yourself, uh, you know, like Tyler Perry showed us making $30 million the first year he was out with his own play tour or, or set it off the play, which is out right now by, uh, you know, a producer that's not Tyler Perry, but it's a smart producer made $35 million last year. Yeah. Distributing a play. That's, that's more than, than lots of television networks, you know, or streaming networks made. And so starting stuff yourself, using smart tools, aggregating your eyeballs, and then, you know, reselling them different, different products over and over again through the, that new portal of bandwidth is, is how the game is played. Everybody else that's, it's camping down inside somebody else's server. Um, and like we talked about, it's not a bad thing, but getting likes and shares and subscriptions for somebody else, it might build you income now, but it's not gonna build long-term wealth because it's not, uh, it's not a connection that you own moving forward. And that's a huge thing too, because I, I you know, uh, the, the Netflix system is a lot like the, the Spotify streaming service system is a lot. And, and, and people really don't understand like having- Look at Kanye, look at yeah. Kanye. Here's an yeah. example, all right. Everybody knows Kanye, okay? He got, uh, him and Jason Lee did a, an interview, right? And Kanye got 20, that one interview that they did got 22 billion downloads. If Kanye and Jason, let's say, could have released that themselves, like put it on their producer and you had to text them to get it, it would have still got 22 billion downloads. But those downloads would have been from their server and everybody would have had to sign up into their phone book to get it. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't need Donda. That is Donda. If Kanye had 22 billion connections, text numbers in his phone, do you even need Donda? You just text people the stuff, sell it for 50 cents. What do you get? $11 billion. Mm. <laughs> You know, and you don't even need a payment system. You're not using Google Pay. People are putting it into your bank account directly through your phone. So, you know, it's different. Um, and that's that's why you want to be connected, you know, by a text, get this tool. You don't know how the traffic's coming in. People are listening to you now. Once this show sits up and we're off, people might still be hitting the server and you're sending them bits of this show and, and information about me and, and products about what I'm doing and other stuff that you're doing because they're engaging with your phone while you're sleeping. That's not happening right now. That's what happens with my posts that have a link under it where people can tap my link on Facebook from a video and go, oh, this is Brian. That is his phone number and tap the link. And all of a sudden they're inside my phone book filling it out. 
Um, so that's how you can engage more. You do have an Instagram, you do have a Facebook, you do have places you can put a video or a post or your QR code and say, hey, leave me a question for tomorrow's broadcast and see how many people send you questions overnight. But those people are all now subscribers in your phone book because you asked an interesting question. And that's good because, uh, you know, a lot of people do not understand or, you know, people just don't like people might say, hey, these companies are just getting information. It's not a big deal, but they think it's a big oh. deal because they do not. Netflix doesn't tell you their numbers. Spotify <laughs> doesn't tell you their numbers. No. Like there is so much value. They had a they just had a, a, a great what is it? The last week tonight with John Oliver, where they were talking about just going to a website, the amount of information that gets collected by just going to like a basic website. Mm -hmm. uh, they've got IP addresses, age, and they can connect us with other stuff. So it's like, you know, the age, the sex, the weight, the color, the all this stuff about a person. And it's like, I can now sell this because I know like, hey, it, in this area of town, uh, around 11 uh, a.m., all these people are looking up this type of medication. So now I know I can do this. And it's like, that is a huge thing that we just give away. Think uh, about this. The only link on our, our Instagram, right, is that one link that you push out. If you put your website or wherever it is, when you click out and go to it, <clears throat> Instagram knows where you go every time and they follow that stream through until it breaks off on the other side. If you use your Purdue link, you block them from doing that. As soon as they enter our portal, they're shut out. And they don't know what link you actually went to because it's your, your real estate. You're just going into your phone number and now they can't tell which website you actually went to. So, you know, if you have an Instagram link going to your website, let's say Fenty for Rihanna, Instagram is there to validate that Rihanna's Fenty site is hella popular. And they're going to let Google know, yeah, she's the real deal. Every single person goes to this site. With your site or my site, they're going to let the world know, put them a little bit lower than Rihanna. We don't want to give them that information. You're giving the people that are competing against you a competitive edge. You're letting them know all your data and everything you're doing. They're not. Facebook's not trying to help you. They're trying to figure out how to charge you and how to make money off of you. Instagram's not trying to help you. They're trying to figure out how to charge you and make money off you. That's why they give us reels. So we can share our content in a circle with each other and remix it. And somehow that creates money. It's because eyeballs are valuable. So we need to own our eyeballs. Every time you make a connection, you want it to go through your network. That's why Preneur, we don't own it. Preneur doesn't get, they can't see, we can't see your data. That's your data. We're giving it to you because we understand you have to own something to share it with you. So I'm going to give you something you own, all of your relationships and a tool to capture them so that we can share them in a circle. That way is going to make all of us money. That's not what Facebook, Facebook and Instagram are selling you. That's not what Twitter is selling you. They're saying, we're gonna give you a free platform to share your content and we're gonna monetize it. And if you get popular and get a blue check, we might let you share in some of that. We'll give you two, three cents out of a dollar. We're saying, have all your money. And when you get some money, share it back with the people that have those tools and we'll all make some. If you don't ever make any money, I won't ever make any money, but I'm giving you a free tool that's proven to make you some money. So now, please take money. <laughs> now, from a business sense, then how does Panora make money? Does, does Panora make money? Yeah, we have uh, our, our own investors are, are there because we have our payment tools, we have our scheduling tools and everything that if you end up wanting to use the, the microsites for yourself and run your entire business, then we have add-ons that we will then charge for okay. to let you grow, engage, grow and monetize your community and have this uh, preneur number in the landing page. That's not the part that we're, we're here for. That's the part we know is going to help you. So we're giving that to you for free. You know, down the road in years, there's more services, way more things that Preneur can do. Like we can give you an artificial assistant and assisted intelligence uh, assistant, but you know, that, that won't be free. Uh, there is AI in the app, but there'll be one that does a lot more. Um, so, you know, the, that's the, we'll make money in the long run, but right now we realize until our community is reconnected, social media is fragmented, that we don't have a way to, uh, to create wealth. Um, as a community. So the first step is to aggregate our community by giving them something that, that, that can help them and is not selfish. So that's why I'm here as the mouthpiece to make sure people understand that and hopefully engage with me to see. Now, uh, I mean, by that aspect, is there ever, I mean, uh, I was reading a book this was a couple of years ago where the author was basically saying every 10 years, the internet changes. Yep. Uh, and the very, in, like in the 90s, the internet moved towards video kind of just fueled by porn. 
And then all of a sudden we get this wave of social media. So it's like, but I mean, before the camera phone and things like that, people were not picturing a Facebook or an Instagram or TikTok. And now these things are here. Uh, so as we look, cause, and, and, and the basic theory is anything is possible. Like the internet could go through a wave change again. Uh, is there ever a concern? Cause right now this is how the internet makes money. The internet makes money. Like people are like Google, all these companies that are huge, make money selling people's data. And right. your app is basically like, I don't want your data. As a matter of fact, I am going to cut off those avenues of data. We're also seeing even, even large companies like Apple. Like I, I know people don't realize this, but when you have your phone and they're like, do not track that is Apple trying to stop other companies from, and I'm not saying Apple is just the greatest company in the world, but they're doing things that could essentially break what we know that is the internet that we know of right now. Yeah. Is there a yeah. concern that you're fighting against companies that are uh, very much interested in not seeing that occur? <laughs> Why would I care what they think? Uh, uh, you know, they don't care what I think. Um, and, uh, you know, that's not malicious or anything, but you, you know, you gotta, you gotta do what's best for, for people. And if somebody sees that as disruptive then that, then that be it, we don't mean to be disruptive. We mean to be helpful. And if that's disruptive, then, then, you know, then maybe it'll help people identify, uh, the, the, the evildoers out there because everything should be virtuous in some way. And, and, it, it, you know, as it, as it was presented to us, social media was completely virtuous, but as you're saying, um, Here's an example. There's lots of companies that, that make these these bracelets that are like business cards. Mm -hmm. This is uh, the preneur, but it connects directly to your preneur. So as you're like, I use this when I'm on the road and I'm traveling, if I'm doing a play, if I'm anywhere where I'm engaging with people, um, I want them to be able to scan me, touch me, text me. You know, the easiest way I can get you a preneur app your own so I can give you something by touching you with a bracelet or I can put my contact in your phone. But now we own that data. It's a closed loop. You have a preneur, I have a preneur. We didn't share it with a Facebook server. We didn't share it with an Instagram server. We went phone to phone. The, more, the number is stored in your actual cell phone, you know, in your contact log, just like mine is, along with your other, you know, phone number. So it's a real thing. It's not living over a third-party server. Uh, if you threw away your preneur app, you'd still have all those numbers in your phone book. You can print it out and take it. You know, that's yours. So it has nothing to do. We don't save it. We don't have it. So, you know, the, the first thing you have to realize about making money, if you're trying to make money with something that requires, you know, I think wealth is built in a community. So the first thing I need to give is everybody something, a tool to, to get into contact with that community, but that they own and can have something of value. That thing of value that I'm giving you is your contacts. And then the next step after we get this community together, I'm going to show you how to monetize those contacts and bring in more tools that'll help us monetize the same way that Facebook and Instagram are monetizing our data we'll be able to do that for ourselves with each other. And that's, you know, it's one step at a time. You had a crawl, walk, run. And the first thing is getting people this tool for free. All right. Well, uh, I mean, that is fantastic. Thank you for telling us about that. Now, first off, I know I was going to say, tell us how they can reach you, but I know what you're about to say. Tell people that number uh, one more time <laughs> yeah, so they yeah, can reach out to you. That's it, man. And if, if you have any of my social media pages, the only link I have on them is Preneur AI slash Brian White. So 424-352-8505. That's the only phone number I'm ever going to use again. That's the number I give. You know, my wife texts me on 424-352-8505. And you can text me anything because our phones aren't connected. Your first name, your last name. Hi, Brian. And my app will get right back to you and make sure we're connected. And I'll send you a free Preneur download. Um, the phone, my app, my link will recognize what kind of phone you have, send you the right link for you to get the right app. And then let me know what you think about it. Install it. It takes about 20 seconds and it's free and it'll help you grow, engage and monetize your audience. Whatever you do, if you're a trainer, a nail tech, if you host a podcast, if you're an actor, an aspiring actor, you know, let me read with you. Look at my preneur page. I'm reading with people. I'm helping people get jobs. 424-352-8505. Get at me. Wow. I mean, that was the best way to end this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank you very much for uh, joining us or staying in, as I say. I just want to really uh, stress the fact that, I mean, he's trying to build 
you know, wealth, that's a, a generational wealth is something that, um, you know, us as a people need to embark upon. And we just want to thank you very much for sparking that idea. I have one uh, more thing, one more thing. I have a streaming network called World One. You can see, uh, you know, we have almost a, we're coming up on a thousand pieces of content, which is uh, pretty major. Um, and we're on every platform, but we're giving away 30 days for free. So I'm starting to make movies for myself and streaming them back myself. We'll have a lot of big promos. I'm doing a play tour this summer. I'm coming to your city. We're auditioning actors across the country to be in the play with us, and we're going to stream the play. So not only will we be able to be in a play, but the play will be broadcast on World One. And so you'll get some tape if you're an inspiring actor. An inspiring actor. I'm giving you everything here, guys. You know, so a lot of people are asking, how can I get break into the game? How can I get a reel for an agent? I'm bringing the opportunity to you. Just download the Preneur app and you'll get all the information as we move across the country. That's powerful. Thank you. Thank you so much once again. This has been a, a great episode. Thank you so much. I am Avery, like a very nice guy. That's my brother, Just Devon. This has been another In My Humble Opinion podcast. You can find us once again at My Humble O on everything. Once again, remember, if you want to be a part of the Humble Hive, you gotta like, share, and subscribe. Humbly yours in my humble opinion podcast. H-Town is too sweet. H-Town is too sweet. <laughs>